it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to Series 3 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the men's basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In Season 1, we told the story God wrote of how the men in our program traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three, ultimately culminating in a national championship. Here's Coach Tonegal in Episode 1 talking about how pursuing God first and others second translates to any context. It's just ripe for the market. I think it's ripe for culture. Because our culture wants greatness. I am third ultimately produces greatness. I think it produces greatness inside of individuals, inside of organizations, in, inside of teams, which is the exact opposite as we've talked about the, the pull of me, which I think just distorts that greatness. This series will take listeners inside each program in IWU's athletic department, sharing how each coach is flipping the world's vision of leadership upside down, instead pursuing kingdom greatness through discipleship. The terminology in each program may be different, and the application may change. But the coaches at IWU believe pursuing God first and others second is a powerful way to live and to lead in any context. Today's episode will feature Coach Candace Motes in the volleyball program. After more than 800 wins and four National Coach of the Year awards, she was recently inducted into the NCCAA Hall of Fame. Here's part of her speech. I'm here to tell you that God is faithful because what has happened to me in the last couple years has just literally changed my life. It has taken me a lot of years, but today I stand before you and I want you to know this. If you give up yourself, your ways, your hard work, your control, and your identity in the world's definition of success, God will pour out his peace and he will give you the joy that you've been searching for. You will develop a trust in him and what he wants to do in the lives of your players that you did not have before and you will love others better because you are not seeking something from them. You will be seeking things for them. You will not be addicted to hurry and worry because the Spirit is keeping you in step with His purpose for you and the purpose for them. One of the things you will hear from her journey is the contrast in her personal life when she chose to pursue Christ's way in athletics as compared to when she pursued the world's way. You will be challenged to hear how she continues to learn and grow in finding new ways to incorporate her faith into her coaching, despite all of her success. Senior Alexis Rutt will join in the second half, and Director of Athletics Mark DeMichael will join in overtime to share about the department's foundational passage of scripture found in Philippians 2. We're joined now by Coach Candace Motes, who was just inducted in the Hall of Fame for the NCCAA. But before we get to the Hall of Fame ceremony, let's rewind and quickly go through your career, even as a player. Take us back to being recruited out of high school and what ended up happening. I was so successful in high school, Jeff. I just felt like I needed to go to the highest level I could possibly go. And being a Nebraskan, I, I was just really on dead set going to be play at D D1 school and so I just got there, and I'll tell you, when I got there, it was nothing like what I thought it was going to be. It was, it was hard. I was trying to survive every single day. I was not in a culture that was uh, edifying. I, I just really felt um, the loneliest I've ever felt. 
And I know from your story that you go play at the highest level and, and really don't find what you're looking for. So you transfer a Christian university, you play there, and then you're coaching and teaching for 10 years. And then there was a defining moment when God really just showed up through the word and changed the trajectory of, of your coaching career. Can you take us to that day? So I was at this university and and it was such a contrast from where I was. And I was just so happy um, to be able to be around people that just gave to me. I got hired there as a coach then. And as I was kind of just reading the word and growing and I, I came across that I felt like God was just telling me that he wanted me to go and do this different somewhere else. And I came across Genesis 12 one day um, as I was kind of fasting and, and just asking God what was next. And, and he gave me this promise that he had given to Abraham that he just said, you know, Candace, I want you to leave. I want you to leave your country. I had my family there. I want you to leave your family. I want you to go to where I'm going to show you to go. And I am going to bless you. And I am going to give you uh, something beyond anything you could ever achieve. If you follow me and you honor and obey me, I will bless you and bless the and bless people through you. And I know the first time I heard this story, I got chills because when God shows up through the word and just speaks directly to your heart, it's an amazing experience. And then to fast forward years to being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I and I've heard about that day and I've watched the speech where you get up front and you just articulate what God is continuing to put on your heart because you continue to pursue him and grow in new ways. Why don't you fast forward to that day when you go into the Hall of Fame? What happened that day and how did you see some of those promises as being fulfilled over the course of years? Yeah, you know, even as a Christian, um, as much as you try to honor and obey God and, and do it his way, you still have those those areas in your life that you're just striving. And, and, you know, I really wanted to get to a place where I just felt like God was being honored in everything I did. Uh, my teams were being transformed. And the problem was I was trying to do it all myself. And I was str striving to get to that place and not realizing that it's God's work, you know. And so I just worked hard and I was, I was just exhausted trying to get there. And then here comes this award and I'm just like, tears are coming to my eyes because I'm just like, you know, like, God, you promised me back so many years ago that you would bless me if I followed you and I stayed obedient to you. And, and I went into this award with a heart of just humility and I just shared, I just shared the difference that was happening in my heart about God just being honored in a way that for me personally was was beyond the ability that I could achieve on my own. I know several people who are in that room and I've watched the tape and every single person said you just spoke directly to people's hearts as coaches because if you're in the coaching field you're probably very competitive and you're driven and there's this fine line where we do start striving and we do start thinking that we can do it all on our own. So maybe give us a, a contrast between those two things. What's it look like to coach where God is just an add-on and we feel like we have to achieve something for him as compared to being all in with Christ as the center and following him rather than trying to get out in front of him? 
Yeah, you know, you can serve God, but sometimes you can get out of alignment with God. And I, I see the difference in, you know, when you're serving God and you're trying to do everything right, um, my personality is a hardworking and it's, it's striving to get to where I need to go. And um, it just felt to me exhausting. And I felt so many times like I wanted to quit, you know. I just felt like, ah, oh, this, this is so hard to do. But what I was forgetting was God, you know, God's yoke is light and easy. And, and I was like, I didn't get that. I didn't know how to disentangle myself with my own efforts versus God's joy and surrender. And so as I was pursuing that more and more, the difference that started to come my way was just the idea that it's not my work. Like I still long for where I'm trying to go and I'm still longing for the excellence, but it's doing it in a way that is surrendering my, my way of thinking of that I have to do it this way, but just being faithful every day and just walking every day with God and allowing him to do the work that he's already implanting in my pathway as I run into it each time, you know, giving, giving me direction at the, at the place that I need to head. My hunch is there's a lot of coaches who are listening who are feeling this sense of exhaustion and this burden as though they have to carry the load all themselves. And you're a coach who winning has followed you everywhere you've gone. You go to a college and they start winning. And maybe they weren't winning before. Maybe they stop winning after you leave. And a lot of coaches, that's the end. That's what they desire. But one of the things you're saying is even that is not going to lead to the fulfillment you desire. So what would you say to that coach who's in that spot right now listening in? Yeah, I would say, you know, my heart would say to them that, I feel you and I know that you're exhausted, but I'm just going to say that if you would see differently, if you would take a different lens and you'd be able to see that if you gave obediently over to God all the gifts that you've been given and you just thrived for what God wants to do in your players' lives, if you would thrive for what he wants to do with your program and you would just let the end result just be something that is in his hands and you just go day by day and just feel the Holy Spirit's presence of walking with you. I feel like your days would be lighter. I feel like you would have more joy. I feel like you'd see transformation happening in your players' lives, which really truly would give you the joy that you're trying to get and you're trying to strive for. But I also want to just say that as I've been doing this, there's been a joy and a peace that's come to me internally that I never, I can't, I, I can't describe it, Jeff. It, you know, I would think at the end of my life right now that I'm getting close to being done and I'm starting to think I got so many years ahead because I have so much joy right now in God giving me just this peace of, I got more for you. I got way more for you. Now we're ready to go. I love that. It's, it reminds me of something you were telling me as we were preparing about how we have to find alignment with God before we get an assignment from God. And even for you, who's been coaching for years, to continue to find that alignment and then say, hey, God still has more for me on this mission of coaching. 
But I do want to go to another contrast. Uh, one of the things you said in your Hall of Fame speech that really resonated, I think, with me and many others was that uh, at times in your career, it's been hard to watch other coaches have success and to be happy because you compare and then you strive and you work harder and you try to top that. But contrast that to being in a part department here at Indiana Wesson that increasingly has more and more coaches who are on the same page and are cheering for each other and really do desire. We, we challenge each other, make each other better, but we're really rooting each other on and thinking that if the other has success, we can as well. And it's not as much comparison as trying to go along with each other. What's the power in that? Yeah. You know, the, the thing that hooked me so much in the comparison piece of it, um, when other people had success, I felt like I was not good enough. I, I beat myself down more, more or less, not necessarily not happy for them. I was just like, I'm not good enough. I need to do it better. I need to. And that was exhausting me. So when I stopped comparing myself to the fact that it's this isn't about me this is about something that was achieved through someone else that like the joy just came back to me I was just like something changed in me that could just go and celebrate and be excited for all the student athletes and coaches that were achieving great things I know a lot of coaches can resonate because by nature coaches are competitors and they're driven and we do strive Sometimes that can feel as though it's a curse, but it's really a gift that can be leveraged if, if we understand what it, it means to surrender it. But final thing I'd love you to speak to, say there's a, a recruit, a volleyball recruit out there who's in the same position that you were in in high school, and they have all the options in the world. And some of these options aren't bad in and of themselves, but there's going to be recruits who are looking at maybe what the world would call the highest level and thinking they have to go there. But maybe there's a part of them that senses God is saying, well, there's other options that you could go to. What would you go back to, to say to yourself if you were in high school and there was an option to go to Nebraska, the place that seemed like your dream in the world's eyes, or go to Indiana Wesleyan and what you've created here with the culture, uh, both in your program and in the athletic department as a whole, why would an athlete consider choosing this place even over a place like that? I, I would say... Give yourself the opportunity to not necessarily feel like you have no option. I think so. I think where I was, I didn't feel like I had an option. I feel like I had to fulfill the world's expectations of me, my family's expectations of me. They were so excited for me, my community, everyone, and I, I didn't even give myself a chance to consider anything else. And if I could have considered something else, if I could have looked at that because there was options for that but if I could have given myself an opportunity to step away from the expectations that I felt like the world tells you if you're gifted and you're really good you would be crazy not to go play at the highest level that you could play in your game but if I could have given myself the chance to have just really looked at what was in my heart what I really desired what was giving me the joy that it, started out in the game for me and the fun I had of just competing and the fun I had at playing at the highest level that I could and being good at that, but doing it in a way that I could understand how to give it back to the Lord instead of keeping it myself and striving to make it better, I felt like I feel like I would have made a different decision. Can you talk then a little bit about what it's like to see an athlete not have this weight of pressure on their shoulders, 
but to really play in joy. I go back to my college after I left the Nebraska and all that pressure and just felt so defeated. And I came into the gym that first practice and we prayed before we started and we did drills that were people were encouraging each other, people were saying positive things towards each other and we were striving and we were working as hard as we've ever worked. I mean, it was not a diminishing of hard work or high expectations of ourselves or from our coaches, but it was something, Jeff, I remember that first workout that I, I just had tears in my eyes because for the first time I was freed up. I was so freed up. I just had such a joy in me that I could play this game and I could make mistakes and I could have, I could have fun with my teammates and that that was not a bad thing and that we could just walk away from there making each other better and knowing that after the practice was over, we were going to go have lunch together and just share with each other. You know, when I go to club tournaments, um, I, I go to all these courts and I watch all these athletes and I just see people that are frustrated, coaches that, that often, you know, are just demanding things of them and I just see their face and their countenance. It's, it's just pressure and stress and, you know, often when I get done with the game, I see them all just kind of going over to a circle and they get their talk from their coach and their heads are down and then they go over and just sit on the sit in a circle, but they're just on their phones and I think they're just they're just trying to recover from just the stress and the pressure and the expectations that are just on them every single day. And you know, I look now at some of the opportunities that I've been have that I've had as a coach and even as a player and the difference that I think there can be is you can go to that same tournament and you can be out there and you can be freed up to just make mistakes but go and play at the highest level that you can with joy and you can encourage a teammate when a teammate's not feeling good, positive about themselves you can go over there and just give them give them a good word the coaches are just motivating them encouraging them and i feel like i've seen people in that environment play at the highest level that they could ever play and they're always smiling they're having fun and and i just see such a difference when you're freed up and you just play for something bigger than yourself. I think a lot of us see that uh, pressure from the world and the burden and heaviness it creates. And when we contrast that to the promise in Scripture where Jesus' load and burden is light, it's very attractive to think about living, coaching, and playing in that way. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency, we are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half.
joined now by Alexis Rutt, the only senior on this year's volleyball team. Alexis, why don't you take us back through the, the past three years? You guys have had a ton of success going to the national tournament twice, winning 100 games, being 50-4 and four in, in three seasons in the conference. You've, on, the, on the court, you've had a lot of success. But mm -hmm. just take through what that's been like for you. It's been an incredible experience. We've had so many different groups of girls put together, and each group that I was with, we really united and we played as a team. We had success because we worked together. It wasn't ever about one person, but we all came together and just played to honor God. And we really focused the past couple years on really playing for to honor and glorify God with our play. And I think it was really neat to just see the success that came from that um, when we did play it as a team, when we were united. Um, and then as the time's gone on, we've graduated so many seniors, so I'm excited to just see um, how the new group of girls come in and if we can unite and play together, um, but keeping that mindset as we go on. And, and you go into this year, you guys just came back from, from a mission trip. Why don't you take listeners inside what you guys did and how you feel like it set the foundation for this season? Yeah, the mission trip was a super great experience. Um, we met, I think, eight new girls on our team um, starting off our season, we went down to Harlan, Kentucky, and while we were there, we started a little volleyball camp. We went in um, to a high school, and there's girls from 7th through 12th grade, and we just got to pour into those girls. We split up into groups, and we just um, encouraged those girls and taught them different skills, and then at the end, we had two girls on our team share their testimony, and this was a super neat time um, for those girls to spread the gospel and share what God did in their life. And it really helped our team grow because we got to hear of their stories and hear about what they're doing and what God's doing in their life. And then later, the next two days, we got to serve at a rehab center. And this really stuck out to me. It impacted me um, more than anything. We got to go out into this rehab center, and it's kind of like a nursing home. And we met these people there that live there. Some of them have been there maybe 15 years. Um, and we ended up, we were going in to serve them, but it ended up serving, it blessed us. We were so excited and joyful after leaving that place because we got to braid their hair, sing with them. We even painted their nails. We brought games in the next day based on what we learned the first day. And it was just a great experience um, to meet people outside of where we're at and hear their stories and see what what are they doing in life how can we give them some hope and then at the end they they put a smile on all our faces that night we just got so excited talking about it and we ended up sharing things and then we ended our mission trip with a prayer uh, focus on prayer um, the girls on our team opened up and shared so many incredible things that that they haven't even shared with anyone before and that just helped our team grow so much before starting off the season. So, It, it yeah. really uh, is amazing, this connection between service and joy, and how when we start serving others, we do find new levels of joy. And I wonder if that takes us into the hashtag you guys are using and what you're talking about as a team throughout the year. Can you take listeners inside that? Yeah, our hashtag this year is Purpose Beyond Volleyball. And so it's really focusing on the fact that there's so much more beyond just what we do on the court. It really encompasses our whole life, how we're serving others in our classroom, what we're doing um, when we go to play our opponents, how we're treating them, um, and just how we're living our lives for Christ. Um, but 
it's there's so much more than just the game and really just taking that and focusing on every other aspect of our life and how we're living for Christ. But as obviously, you guys have had a ton of success. So how does yeah. this mentality translate to on-court success? This mentality almost brings us closer together as a team, back to the bonding and the unity, which we've had. Um, it keeps our team focused as a whole. And so as we're focusing on serving Christ off the court, when we come together, we're more of a team. We're more one. And I think just having each other's backs wherever we're at, we grow so much more on the court. These past two days of preseason, we've had the best like encouragement. Everyone's fighting for everything. We've had intense practices, but just having that purpose beyond volleyball, we know that whatever happens on that court, those girls are going to be there for us after. They're not going to just go back that night. We text each other. We encourage each other. It's just a great it's a great place to just play in freedom. And when you're playing free, you're playing your best. You're not focusing on yourself. You're focusing on the success of the team. So it's just picking each other up on the court instead of just focusing on ourselves. We're playing as a team, and we're playing our best level. In the first half, Coach Motes talked about how she continues to learn and grow and change in new ways. And it really struck me that it's hearsay because she was recently put in the Hall of Fame, but she's still growing and learning. So Alexis, as someone who's been mm -hmm. in the program for the past three years, how have you seen that play out playing underneath Coach Mose? Yeah, it's been really neat to see Coach change. I've pointed that out. And Coach, has, she's told us um, about all the change God's doing in her life. Um, in the past years, I've seen her struggle with controlling, trying to control the game or controlling our play which which is she's our coach and she should be doing that but she's really left stuff in the Lord's hands we didn't have an assistant coach a graduate assistant coming in and she really prayed and really poured into that um, and God blessed us with an amazing GA this year and an awesome assistant coach but it's so neat to see that our coach is really trusting God and pouring into prayer pouring into her relationships which is then transforming how we pour into our team, pour into um, uniting our team. It's just really laying the groundwork for this season. And our season right now is having that transformational year. It's a transformational season, so we're really transforming the way we view our relationships with each other, which is starting with Coach, and she's really trusted God more this year, and she's been praying so much. And just knowing how she's, like, really about her relationship with God is, like, so encouraging to our team as we're starting out. So what's that like for you individually? As, as the person who's leading you is pursuing God and is changing in these ways, how does that play out in your own individual life? It helps my individual life because it really encourages me in my own walk with Christ. It helps me ha take my mindset from being selfish to being selfless, really serving my team. This is my senior year, and I don't want to make it all about me. Since Coach has really instilled this purpose beyond volleyball, I really want to make this season about our team as a whole and doing our best together, all 15 girls right now, and doing whatever we can, encouraging each other with our classes, what we're doing on the court, picking each other up, and trying to make it to nationals, having that team mindset. Um, but Coach has really encouraged me in my walk just – being faithful and consistent and 
Um, I'm just like coach. We have the same. We took a personality test. I was the only one exactly like coach. But just like I like to control things also. So coaches really encourage me to like just leave it in the Lord's hands and trust that he has a plan and a purpose for whatever happens. Um, And that'll free me up mentally on the court too to just play my best and not worry about things that are out of my control. I think that's a great example for all the coaches and listeners who are tuning in. doesn't matter if how much success you've had or mm-hmm. if you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's always new depths of relationship with God we can go to and new ways we can grow as leaders, and mm-hmm. hopefully we can all follow that example. We're joined now by Coach Mark DeMichael, Athletic Director at Indiana Wesleyan. Coach, when you go throughout our athletic complex, when you look at T-shirts that have Indiana Wesleyan athletics on them, you see Philippians 2, 1 through 11 printed on a lot of our material and on a lot of our walls. Can you take listeners inside why Philippians 2, where that came from, and why it's so important? Yeah, it was 10 years ago now when um, I had the privilege of of being given the opportunity by the institution to become the first full-time athletic director at Indiana Wesleyan and spent a lot of time in prayer both through the process of the search committee and then when I was given the responsibility and the privilege to do this about, okay, Lord, where, where do you want us to go? And what do you want this to look like as we move forward and trying to be faithful to this calling on the department? And I just really had a burden for um, being counterculture in athletics and what does that look like? And so really it was, uh, it was just reading through the word and I was doing a devotion in the Philippians 2 Verses 1 through 11 was part of the devotion. And as I read through that devotion, and it, I just sensed that, okay, this is, this is it. This is who we need to be. This is who we're called to be because this is not how athletics tends to be, but it's how God wants us to be and how God has called us to be. So I, I brought it forward, those verses forward, to our coaches. We had a coaches retreat where we wrote the mission statement together as a team and shared those verses. And... To a person, our coaches at the time said, this is this is who we feel God is calling us to be as a department. So at that point, we adopted Philippians 2, 1 through 11 as our department scripture verse. I remember going back to that time, just the the meaning and power of, of being together and, and sharing with other coaches and talking through these things and praying and to see how it's played out over time. Maybe you could take listeners inside specifically what you find in, in Philippians 2 that you want our department to represent. Well, yeah, first of all, if you read those 11 verses, there are probably, there's probably a year's worth of sermons in those 11 <laughs> verses. There's a lot of meat there. So to, to, uh, to pull things out of that, what we're doing with that is really just a small piece of all the meaning that the Lord has put into those verses. But the three things that really, the three real pillars of IWE athletics that we uh, really felt the Lord having us pull out of those verses were, first of all, humility in Christ. That, that's a big one. It all starts with being humble in Christ, acknowledging where all of this comes from, that it's all a gift. All of this is a gift from, from the Lord. The second was, was uh, unity in the Holy Spirit. Um, athletics is notorious for silos and turf wars, and we're in this for, our, for ourselves and not for others. And God calls us to be a, a community and a body in Him. And so unity in the Holy Spirit was a big one. And the third one, the servant leadership. It's uh, how do we use these gifts and this platform of intercollegiate athletics to not bring glory to ourselves, but to serve others, serve the Lord first and then serve others. Those are countercultural enough and powerful enough. I think on our next three episodes, we may go into each one of those and, and hear you 
extrapolate them a little bit more. But let's tie this into the volleyball program and Coach Moats. Something that really struck me in these conversations, particularly in the second half, with Alexis talking about how she continues to see growth in Coach Moats. Despite her being a Hall of Famer, winning so many games, she continues to pursue the Philippians two-way and grows even after she's accomplished all of this. What have you seen and why is that so valuable? Yeah, it's been quite a journey for Candace, and I'm so proud of her, and it's been so rewarding for me and, and encouraging to me as, as she's walked through this journey and continues to walk through this journey. And I think it's reflective of all three of those pillars, really, um, her humility in Christ, her understanding and accepting the fact that she has room for growth and that she's always striving to be better and to be more faithful and this calling that God has put on her life um, it's evolving and the athletes change. The athletes she's coaching now are a lot different than they were 20 years ago. So as a coach, she knows if she's going to continue to disciple and mentor, she's got to grow and she's got to change as they change to meet their needs and to be the leader that God's called her to be. It takes a high level of humility to acknowledge that you've not arrived when you've won as many games as she has. Um, and then I think it, it, it's, it also reflects on her definition of success that her definition of success is not championships because if it were, she would be sitting back on her laurels because she's won a lot of championships and had an incredible high level of success. But she defines success as God defines success and that's using our abilities um, and developing those to our maximum to serve others and to bring others to know Him. So there's, there's that goal that's always there for her and she's always striving for that, for God's definition of success and her role as a coach and as a mentor and disciple. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.